Ah, uh, yes, that uh, credit uh, brings up lots of questions, um, but it's a standard um, protocol for the Aboriginal community out of respect for the um, tribal elders that uh, are sensitive to images portrayed in the media. Um, Even uh, in photos, um, images of uh, relatives that have uh, that are deceased can be extremely offensive to some of the tribal people. Um, but uh, we we were always um, thinking of opening the film in this way. Um, and there was a lot of research done on these images. Uh, we wanted to uh, pilfer all the various libraries across Australia um, to show the greater uh, picture of Australia at this point in time. Um, the building of an empire and um, the, uh, the way that um, the indigenous culture was um, had had this uh, other kind of um, culture imposed upon them. So um, rather than uh, images of their traditional um, world, we were presenting the happy land of uh, from the British Empire's perspective. Would you agree, Nick? Yeah, and the the, the song. Uh was something that was sung to me uh, by Doug Leach, actually, who plays guitar on it. Um, uh, he, he uh, who's a Brighton resident here, and he, he um, sang this, to, this song to me at lunch and said, what do you think of this? And that just seemed like the, an, an unbelievably appropriate song for the start of this film. Mm. Um, and out of respect for that, we got him to play guitar on it. Um, and we also here are, are uh, starting to mix, go from the general to the specific, which was um, mixing the uh, Hopkins uh, outrage with our own film. Like that, that's uh, from our film set. Um, uh, just to um, bring the fact and reality to it. Uh, the shootout scene. Well, um... Well, in, in writing this, I just wanted to, uh, to start with a bang, um, uh, particularly after the kind of laconic music and, uh, um, and in a situation that has no, no context whatsoever, just um, people in, in an intensely fearful situation, claustrophobic... Um, Situation, and, and I'd seen so many uh, myself. Seen so many shootouts of you know wo wooden buildings blown apart, but corrugated iron. Uh, the sound of piercing metal was uh, a particular um, uh, thing that uh, I think helps that shock. And that guy getting shot in the neck there was Noah Taylor, the great Australian actor. Here, here. <laughs> a short part. A brief part, but an effective part. Yeah, like a lot of uh, Push Rangers. 
brief histories. Short, nasty, and brutal. Uh, he probably doesn't need an introduction. Um, but uh, this scene was um, actually shot at night. I don't know if I should give away trade secrets, but uh, at this point of the shoot, it was so hot. Uh, it was um, the, the day, the last shoot day was 57 Celsius, and the uh, camera itself became too hot to touch. Um, so, and the video equipment broke down and um, lights were melting. So we had to move into night shoots. Um, and of course, uh, then, um, you know, a corrugated iron shed uh, during the day was um, um, up and in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And the heat, it seems that the heat had a, um, a huge impact on the way that the actors actually performed. Um, yeah, and absolutely. it slows Ray right down, the way, the way he speaks and the way he breathes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, you can see that the effect that that has on him through throughout the film. Yeah, he tried to. He stopped over in Dubai on his way to Australia, thinking that he could acclimatise, but ended up um, that ended up being total useless exercise. Um, and uh, yeah, he really suffered. And at times, the flies. I'll point it out uh, when we come to it. There's a scene where he literally. Uh, went mad with fury at the flies. Um, and um, I think this line coming up has... Um, so that's the slow delivery. Um, uh, has particular relevance to Ray's feeling about the place. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's a Dorothy Parker line. Uh, that was unfortunate. Yeah, and and I totally blame the uh, script editor, which if, if we had one, did we have yeah, one, yeah. for not getting that out? Yeah, we found I, I, out. I don't take uh, any responsibility for that whatsoever. Blame I said, When I wrote it, it felt familiar. Australia, yeah. you know, what fresh hell is this? But uh, anyway. Uh, Ray was a bit resistant uh, to mentioning the Australia, saying that word. Um, he felt it... Uh, was a little bit like a um, travel ad, <laughs> <laughs> which I yes I thought was quite a perverse interpretation. Um, so yeah, we obviously we uh, married the exteriors uh, at a at a separate occasion um, when you were looking outside the shed, and uh, this is our little intro to Arthur. Um, and uh, yes, this is uh, David Golplol, who is um, a living legend. And um, and here's another linking shot to this scene. Um, so uh, we're back to the night shoot here, and uh, back to the uh, daytime to make these links. Um, a lot of people wonder what he's taking, but... Um, Headache remedy. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, they, at that time, um, the Victorians um, weren't really coping with this climate and uh, we sort of sympathised with them because, um, well, particularly the actors, because they were wearing the actual outfits and were in the real environment. So um, it really helped them uh, get into the world that they were trying to portray. Especially the English actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the um, landscape uh, wanted to, uh, to make that really a, a major character. Um, it, it was really the catalyst in the whole idea of, of uh, making an Australian Western in a way. Um, the mythic force of the of of the actual landscape and the um, country's brutal history. Um, might add, actually, a guy had uh, brought in his own um, makeup artist who um, was absolutely spectacular. Um, as were the whole makeup department and hair and wardrobe. But um, we really went into the detail of. Um, what it was like back then and um, Guy and I had more conversations about hair and teeth and uh, his character almost well it, yeah I mean it was uh, just the thing that we shared about uh, period films was uh, the fact that you know everyone had the uh, the kind of grubby coats and everything and hair, etc., and then uh, had these clean white teeth uh, glaring out at you. Um, so we just wanted to um, refine uh, the details, really, and I, I collected a vast amount of research, and um, Chris Kennedy, the production designer, uh, also had um, lots of picture references um, because uh, it's the sort of detail that um, uh, I think really transports you into another place. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, the, this location was a burnt out homestead that we added uh, into, um, and the whole landscape outside was actually painted black. Um, So uh, we were very lucky with our locations. Um, uh, they were all within 20 minutes of uh, a town called Winton, um, in, uh, which was uh, six hours uh, from the coast uh, inland uh, in Queensland. Very strange uh, in that I discovered uh, in post-production that um, my grandfather and great-grandfather both lived and worked um, as cattle drovers in this area, uh, which I had no idea about. Um, uh, but it's it's also got the uh, the worst history uh, in Australia in terms of the uh, Queensland Native Police, the massacres that occurred. But uh, the town was amazing. It was just big enough to sustain the uh, all of us, the cast and crew, and uh, everyone was involved. All these people here are from the town. Um, they helped in every aspect of the film. Um, 
and uh, we created our own town here. Um, uh, everything is sets. Everything that you see in this film is built from scratch. And our production designer really, uh, uh, Chris Kennedy was just amazing and his whole team building these sets. Um, this is a British jail, very different from the American uh, jails that you see in the West. Um, it's indicative of the uh, military might of the British Empire, which uh, controlled most of the uh, planet at uh, that time. Um, the last empire, um, uh, now we're experiencing the American empire, but um, yeah, so we wanted to uh, just show uh, like the, in this scene, uh, the everyday reality of this world as well. Um, back there, they had these uh, huge constructs. The jails were always the biggest um, things in the entire town. Good evening to you, Mr. Stanley. Good evening, Mr. Brissard. And uh, Emily Watson was uh, very heroic because she was wearing a, a corset and um, velvet dress. And um, yeah, here's a little family affair, my little boy Louis and Benoit, the DP's little girl. And that, that picture's kind of taken from a Joe Burns photo, isn't it? Yeah, in the opening montage, there's uh, one of the Kelly gang is strung up against the wall and all the townspeople and kids are, you know, looking at it. Um, and that's a direct reference to that. Um, when we were filming this, this is when uh, Emily and Ray first... Uh, came together and this is their first scene. I remember shooting this at night as well. But they, they brought an enormous amount of amount to this relationship. I think that um, just in the nuances of their, of, of the way that, I mean, just of the way that they are together and mm. uh, the tenderness that they, that they have for each other, which to me ends up being the kind of soul of this film, their relationship. Mm. Um, well, it's the real heart, uh, and uh, yeah, there was uh, a real chemistry between the two of them. Uh, we had a, a week's rehearsal before the shoot, and um, uh, the way they explored the material was quite amazing. Um, and they both uh, deeply uh, admired each other's work, yeah. and have always wanted to work together. So. I, I think that really helped as well. Um, both very intuitive, intelligent actors. Mrs. Stanley, home and wait there till I return. How long will you be, dear? Later. Never speak to my wife about such things again, do you understand? My apologies, Captain. What happened today on the flats, that's between you and me. Of course, sir. Because there would be consequences were it to become common knowledge. Yes. 
I mean, the whole whole cast. There's an amazing chemistry that uh, uh, was fantastic. Um, this is a this shot. Is a nice scene. Yeah, that we uh, spent a long time trying to get with all the special equipment, special lenses, to um, bring out the stars. The uh, very hard to film. <laughs> Yeah, well, that is something that we were, uh, you know, uh, Guy uh, was really um, had a relationship with his horse, and um, it was great that um, we could capture a bit of that. I mean, those are the sort of moments that uh, on on set that you're always, as a director, always uh, hoping for. It was, wasn't it? Martha, but we speak of other things. Come here, Captain Stanley. Now we're into the uh, Stanley's homestead, which again was all built from scratch. Um, and, um, this is... Uh, the other side of Stanley. Yeah, vulnerable and uh, not uh, operating too well in the sack. Um, and I love this bit where he lies down. Uh, kicks the table there. That's the thing about Ray is uh, he's, uh, he's got this uh, fe fierceness but also an amazing vulnerability and uh, that's something that uh, we wanted to explore that I think uh, he does brilliantly yeah. in this and throughout the film. His decline through the film is really beautiful, I think. It's their uh, little uh, English rose garden that they hang on to. Um, that was uh, one of those uh, fantastic <laughs> little moments that uh, non-scripted that uh, we, that Ray actually came up with. Um, I was uh, extremely skeptical, um, and then, uh, as he explained uh, what happens from a deep hangover, um, uh, we gave it a try. Which you had no understanding of whatsoever. Right? Of course not. And uh, he, uh, he gave it a try, and um, it's. Uh, it really worked. Well, it 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 changes his character enormously. That mm. that uh, and his char his character twists and turns throughout the film, um, and it's difficult to pinpoint um, what kind of a man he is at times. Mm. In a in a very nice way. That's me oh. singing that there. Is it? In falsetto. 
Yeah, this this was sort of came about l- kind of later in the score, didn't it? When we were trying to find something uh, for for Charlie's journey in a way, and then it kind of went beyond that. Well, it was agreed that that I, I wouldn't be singing any songs mm. as such within the actual film itself, um, and. This seemed to be a way around using the voice in a kind of haunting uh, way that um, would prevent that. Here's one of the, the scenes that I had the most fun writing, definitely. Um, well, John Hurt certainly had a ball with it, and so did Kyle. Heavily, heavily um, edited, I might say. Necessarily so, <laughs> I might say. <laughs> it's all about balance. And um, and John, uh, this is in fact the scene that uh, drove us into Night Shoots. Um, it's uh, 57 Celsius right at that point. Um, and they're wearing three layers of... As you can see by John's face, the veins. Uh, yeah, his, his face is like the landscape here, which is... Um, and Benoit was... Uh, the DP was just fantastic to um, bring these things out. His neck features heavily in this scene as well. Poor, poor Dan O'Reilly. Sit, sir. Drink with me. The uh, medic on set was a, a little concerned about John in this scene, but um, uh, like uh, many of the cast, is a force of nature, and um, and uh, both he and Guy uh, decided to um, not in between setups, not take their um, wardrobe off, keep it on the whole time and just stay with it. The garden maidens evaporated. Let us change our toaster to the god who has forgotten us. There's uh, something miraculous that happened here that... um, for me, just indicated where uh, the whole cast was at um, in the shoot, and that's this uh, these shots of over the shoulder of um, John. Um, we're uh, shooting close-ups on Guy. Th- this sh- shot, and um, we could have had a stand in there for that shoulder, and we were quite concerned about John at this point. And I asked. Um, Guy, how he would feel about um, uh, reacting uh, without John there. Um, But uh, John insisted on being there for Guy and um, uh, wore all three layers um, and uh, gave a performance as though we were shooting his close-up, which kind of raised the bar on the whole thing. That we share a common ancestry with monkeys. 
there's just enormous generosity um, between the cast, you know, in terms of because uh, for me, um, acting is actually reacting, and um, there's only one or two occasions where, you know, due to circumstances, it came up whether uh, we could allow that, um, but uh, all the time the cast were there for each other, aside from a few moments. That's the infamous neck shot that just came back. Yeah, the uh, DP uh, Benoit, um, that was one of the uh, great collaborations of this film, the key creative team really, um, the writer and the entire cast, um, the designer and wardrobe and the editor John Gregory of course, who had to, um, uh, editing's just such a, an amazing part of the whole process, you're continually uh, rewriting in, in ways and reworking. That's my favorite bit. <laughs> what, in the whole film? Yeah. Favorite line? Some say he sleeps in caves like a beast, slumbers deep like the Kraken. The blacks say that he's a spirit. This is the uh, cave location. Um, which we're extremely fortunate to discover so close to Winton. Um, it was a very treacherous place that some of those rocks were near collapsing and um, they would heat up like an oven. Um, of course, the art department were always in first, so they had to deal with the snakes because it was also they found uh, huge brown snakes, which are very, very lethal. Australian snake. Um. Hang him, sir. Hang him, Isaac. And uh, here's Eden Fletcher's uh, David Wenham, played by David Wenham, his entrance. Um decided to give the uh, villain of the piece uh, a white horse instead of a black horse. The uh, poor uh, David really had his work cut out for him. We had to keep uh, jumping from scene to scene because uh, the town was suddenly washed out on the day that he uh, was due to um, do his scenes. Um, Justice. Save your little wisdoms for the mob, Stanley. Has he told you where his brothers are? With due respects, Mr. Fletcher. And he's, uh, you know, he's actually um, extremely accurate to the times. Uh, these. Um, wealthy squatters uh, were educated in, in private boarding schools and 
taught the uh, Queen's language. Um, uh, I think some, uh, really only in England, I think it was, uh, some people thought he was too, um, too much, the only kind of stereotype in the film, but in actual fact... Um, you mean his accent? Yeah, 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 in actual fact it was um, very accurate to the time. Um, and, yeah, the Empire, uh, you know, the, those squatters at that time were just like that in, in their dress, their manner, as you wrote it. Um, the irony and absurdity of the English garden, of course, um, it's all about empires, how they are... Uh, Tended by a Aboriginal. Yeah. Yeah, there was a... a we, we wanted, with the Aboriginal... Uh, people, we wanted to um, uh, make them a whole fabric, part of the fabric of the time, which was in fact what it was like. And um, so, in every walk of life, whether it's with working with the police um, or domestic servants, as in Toby, who's going to reappear later. Yes, yeah, so the, so I was always amazed actually when researching um, this period and coming across Ned Kelly, who's the fam most famous outlaw in Australian uh, bush ranging history, and uh, to discover that actually his main fear was black trackers, uh, and yet that's something that you never see in these uh, the films. Um, so. Um, yeah, the, that kind of matter-of-fact reality of um, the Aboriginal uh, exchange at this time uh, affected everything in our story, in a way. Yeah. Um, this, by the way... I mean, is... they're complicated issues. Yes, and, absolutely. And a lot of... And I guess the Ned Kelly films weren't particularly interested in complicated issues. Well, yeah, although... Especially the last one. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is uh, the scene that uh, where uh, Ray really lost it with the flies. But um, this coming up scene actually was, uh, again, uh, a very strange and difficult one to shoot because David Golpelol, who is the tracker, um, wasn't getting any of his lines right and um, I couldn't understand what the problem was because he, he, you know, he knew his stuff. He's uh, absolute amazing, you know, uh, been in dozens of classic films. And um, the uh, the actual um, uh, captured rebels here were from Mabulya, the Pitta Pitta people, and. Um, they spoke a completely different tribal language. Um, and unfortunately, I only discovered this uh, much later uh, towards the end of the scene where um, 
there was an enormous uh, complexity with these two different tribes. The fact that David's a, a, an elder with a different tribal language and uh, Ned here um, is, is actually his elder. So um, when you have them together, uh, it's uh, very difficult um, for them to interrelate. Um, and it was throwing David. And when we did these close-ups um, on David, um, he, it was like one or two takes, and he just got everything spot on. Um, whereas all the other shots where you see the um, uh, tribal guys um, with David, um, we had to keep trying at length to, to get that right. Um, um, there's just so many different tribes, you know, uh, it was uh, more complex than Europe in terms of uh, the different cu culture clashes between these tribes. And David comes from a completely different um, territory, uh, the Northern Territories, and these are local um, Queensland tribes. So um, it was an enor enormously uh, complex culture that um, uh, was quite amazing to work with. It was an education um, for us all, really. And they, uh, they were so fantastic in what they contributed and the support. Um, music. <clears throat> I can hear some music. Well, I mean, there's a there's a little poem that sort of grow that uh, I speak and whisper and sing throughout this, which um, I tried to write something that was uh, that was the landscape itself speaking, I guess. And uh, um, yeah, and that's kind of. Uh, performed over various different sorts of loops, a lot, a lot of uh, loops from Warren Ellis uh, on the violin. Um, to me, this is very much Warren's score in a lot of ways. The violin is very prevalent throughout the throughout the the movie, and, and it's it's really beautiful and really haunting. And it was a pleasure to be able to sit back and watch him um, perform this stuff. The uh I just uh, noticed what passed by of uh, on the actual shoot. We were trying to, and in the script, uh, it was actually a, a cow that was still alive that was uh, wounded, full of spears, and we uh, tried to film that uh, several times, and just couldn't get the cow to <laughs> do what it was meant to do. What <laughs> fall on its knees? Uh, yeah, exactly. It was impossible. Um, so uh, we ended up. Um, uh, substituting it for a speared Aboriginal tracker, um, which um, I think in a way actually works better. Yeah. yeah. 
it's uh, all about problem solving and um, as you go along some things some of the problems actually end up helping you in a weird way um, Eating the kangaroo scene, um, which we all ate regularly. Um, so this scene, uh, Nick, you were uh, still wondering about it, I believe. But the it's uh, it. I, what I want to know is why he's sniffing his fucking armpits, <laughs> which was not, which I might add, was was not, not in, in the, the script. Uh, script. And I, I've always often wondered. Well, again, it's it's something that uh, these uh, uh, outlaws were living with bush, uh, sorry, uh, Aboriginal people, and um, it's uh, it's an Aboriginal thing that uh, but to um, get in yeah, touch. Yeah, but why is he doing it? Well, because they live they live with uh, two bulb, and they're, they're out in the bush, um, and there was that crossover <laughs> of knowledge. That's. Okay. They, they right, actually okay. not only did they speak the language often they learnt a lot of the customs and it was a thing about um, a big change uh, getting in touch with uh, who you are in your family um, and just one of those strange things okay make all right I feel much better now now that horse was very difficult to oh <laughs> um a lot to say about this, but um, uh, oh, oops! Another piece of cultural exchange. Yeah, the uh, that was uh, quite a uh, tricky scene, as you can imagine. The horse uh, wouldn't lie still because the sand was too hot. It was trained right. trained to stay still, and it kept. Uh, so we had to dig up the earth to cool it down. Amongst um, and guy had to be really still for that spear to go through him. Kept moving, kept hitting him in the wrong places. How did you do that spear? Was that completely um, CGI'd? Uh, the, whole, the whole thing going through. The whole thing going through in the wide shot um, is a mystery. Okay. One of those. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a trade secret. Trade okay. secrets. No, um, it was made up of, of many elements. Um, looks great. Oh, uh, this tree! I'll never forget that tree. This is that's a homage to Walkabout, right? Would you say? Is it? The, the going up the tree, uh, the, the erotic nature of the the um, yes, of the, of the, that's of right. The, yeah, you know all those crotch right. shots of the gum trees in uh, in Walkabout, which which I remember as a kid. Right. Okay. Um, do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I always thought that that, that that's what that was. Right. Anyway. Ah. Um, no, we just, uh, those trees... You should check it out, actually. Yeah, I should watch that film. And here's another bit of uh, 
Aussie uh, uh, difference between an Aussie Western and a, an American Western with the Cobb & Co being pulled by uh, camels. Um, here comes Martha's theme music. Yeah, the, these are, the, these are locals from Winton, right? From yes, the actual town of Winton. All the all the. Uh, That's right. Winton was an amazing. All town. the extras are basically yeah. just locals from the town. Pretty well, although my brother is in here somewhere, and uh, a friend of mine from the bush. Um, but largely, that is correct. And uh, Winton was just a fantastic uh, town that sustained the whole cast and crew. Mm. Yeah. Uh, miraculously. Um, they were uh, 20 minutes from the location. Um, well, it was a lot more pleasant than the country town I grew up in. Yeah, and uh, did you know those camels, by the way, were brought in from uh, Afghanistan? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, there's loads of different w waves of different uh, migrants and... Um, the Afghanis brought the camels. Have a little word about Tommy Lewis at some point. Yes, well, the film... The dog. The film that has more of an influence, or a conscious influence, I should say, is uh, Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. Jimmy Blacksmith. Um, and um, Tommy Lewis um, was the main actor in that fantastic film. Um, and um, little Tom Budge. He's, he's wonderful. Yeah. That hurt! Yeah, this uh, the colour's a bit strange here. Um, on film it works, but on DVD it's a bit too intense. Red, red is always a problem on video, electronically. Um, uh, yeah, that was the idea there, was to have the reverse shot to show um, that uh, she's just surrounded by vast nothingness yeah now this scene we actually uh, is uh, came back to the most out of any scene in the whole film we began our shoot with it and we ended our shoot with it and we kept going back to it because you Nick wrote so much dialogue at sunset it became a logistical nightmare Oh, is that right? That he was always looking at the sunset. Yeah. Um, oh. So to have that, because uh, sunset, when it, it's at that point, uh, disappears in a matter of minutes. Oh, I see. Oh, right. So to actually get the performance right, <laughs> get all those different angles, it was a fucking nightmare. Um, so we went, uh, we shot at... Uh, so this is shot over many different days? Oh, many, many, oh, is yeah. is that right? Oh. Yeah. 
we shot, uh, I think it was seven in total, seven different, uh, going back at, uh, dusk. Mikey met a girl. Hi. Mikey met a girl. <laughs> and it was great having, uh, Danny, uh, and Guy hanging out, um, in the town together, um, learning to be brothers. Um, and in this scene, you really get that sense more than any other scene, I think. I deliberately got them to kind of um, be low-key and casual about it all um, because they're as though they've been having this conversation, you know, that they've done this many, many times, sat out watching the sunset, and yet there's this other agenda going on, obviously, which um, Charlie uh, tries to cover up, and Arthur keeps tormenting him about. Yeah, I mean, Danny had this uh, fantastic kind of uh, keenness of mind that really suited Arthur. Um, his, uh, he had a, being a, a writer and director and uh, he, he uh, also just had this amazing, the Houston presence that um, really was amazing. We were uh, shooting, that's uh, actually at um, sunrise, I suppose, because we just couldn't fit in the number of sunsets needed for this scene. And that really, uh, the whole style of the film, uh, I wanted to get uh, the extreme contrasts in, uh, you know, the light, the color, um, space, um, between open space and claustrophobia and from warm, moody sunsets to bright sun. Um, <laughs> well, it, with uh, Guy was the first actor to, that we had in mind, really, once the, the script was uh, written or through the writing of, of it, in my mind and your mind. I, I, Absolutely. I, uh, was, yeah. was that, that we needed Guy as a strong character that didn't actually say a lot to, to, carry, to carry the story and... Uh, yeah, with a, with that enormous presence that he has, and um, that so much is going on, you know, and you can see that uh, that in his face. Yeah, he he was uh, so um, amazingly meticulous in investigating the character, because yeah. partly because yeah, he he had so little to really say and interrelate yeah. with other people on. Um, and um, yet could emote and say so much without um, speaking. Enough! She was my friend! Enough! I'm a very fond of this 
moment too. coming up. Yeah. Gets me. Where Emily loses it. Um, yeah, it was um, one of those inspired little moments of interaction. Um, so, yeah, we've got the manners of the squatters again, which were um, basically, um, at this point in time in history, the squatters were the wealthy English um, that uh, were sent out to Australia and given um, the best bits of land and resources to um, utilise um, and exploit. Um, there was a class war going on between the British and the Irish because um, the Irish were um, were uh, very poor and sent out to Botany Bay. And uh, at this point in history, we're 1880s, um, the convict uh, colony has been dismantled and the convicts were uh, given little bits of uh, land without any resources and uh, they were um, f uh, had the, the conflict uh, had effectively kept going um, and um, the this scene also goes into the whole uh, mentality of the empire in relation to uh, the Aboriginal people as as well as um, the treatment of um, the Irish outlaws. Is there anything else I can get? The cup of tea scene. Yep. English manners. There's the fly attacking Ray again. It's driving him crazy. Yeah. Ray's world has collapsed in that scene. Um, and it's kind of nice. Uh, it's an, it's nice she brings in a cup of tea at that... Sorry, I'll get on the mic. She That, that she brings in a cup of tea at that moment and... Uh, uh, we postpone uh, the, his his collapse, which is the fact that they're gonna that they're gonna whip Mikey. Yeah, which will take apart the proposition. That's right. Um, the colouring, John, is very nice in the, in in this scene and in the interior shots of this house in particular. I've often thought. Oh, have you? Well. And in, uh, it, uh, in generally in, in Emily's face. Yeah, there was uh, Margot Wilson, and uh, who was doing the costumes, and uh, Chris Kennedy, the production designer, were both absolutely brilliant. And um, we, they knew Emily's work, um, and uh, we actually tried different colours and stuff on her so it was all designed beforehand to her eyes yeah, she and looks the uh, and then likewise the colors of the house were all chosen um uh in, in a way these were deliberately 
chosen as a, a contrast to all the harsh, warm mm. browns, yellows and reds of the outside world. So we took the sort of more refined, uh, the only, in fact, blues and greens that you see in the movie. Um, that you can really see it in that shot. Yeah. In that shot. Especially on film. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was made for the big screen, really. The yeah. detail, um, we went into a lot of detail. It's, for me, it, it's a way of transporting you into another world, you know, um, whether it's science fiction or the <coughs> past. Yeah, you know, it, I, don't, I don't mean to cut into you here, but there's a rather beautiful piece of music coming That I'm talking there. over. <laughs> That I'm would you destroying. <laughs> would you just shut up? <laughs> now, this this piece of music is actually a uh, a Dirty Three piece of music uh, for, from the band The Dirty Three that Warren Ellis plays in, and it's um, re-recorded. But it's um, it ended up being Martha's theme, and it's it's uh, it's very beautiful, I think. Um, nice colours in that too. Yeah. And back acting, um, Emily was always a bit concerned about um, why I wasn't filming her face. <laughs> but uh, I'm a great believer in back acting. Um, the body is... Well, there's a lot of it in this film. Absolutely. Very yeah. consciously so. Um, in it's particular, a, the bath scene coming up, of yes. course. But it's what you uh, don't see that often is more powerful than what you see, and that's all part of back acting. Also what you don't say, which is... Yes. Which we're um, unfortunately destroying. destroying doing this commentary. But Absolutely. Um, our producer's sitting behind us with a gun to our head. Yeah. Um, in this particular scene, which is probably my favourite Ray scene... Um, he just looks so fucked up. Well, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he struggled with this scene more than any other scene. I just the, this the, this his posture and so forth in in this and also in the whipping scene. I just think is is beautiful, and that he can barely even breathe mm. through heat and whatever he was up to the night before. Um, it's I I, I I love him in that scene. Yeah, no, he, he is a force of nature, old Ray. Captain. This is, well, well, we've got a quiet moment here, that little piano motif comes from the song at the start and that's a kind of echo of the of the empire that's that's to me that's always you know yeah um, the happy land dream yeah exactly there is a happy land far far away now this scene was actually shot in uh, a, a variety of extreme adverse conditions because we were actually rained out when we uh, started it and um, this is the whipping scene yes um, and then we decided 
on this day, we decided there was actually a, a dust storm that, uh, and we decided to go ahead and film regardless. And I think um, it was great that the actors all agreed to do it. That's my brother there. That's one of the extras. <laughs> So we're really at the mercy of uh, the elements. I mean, every day uh, uh, was potential whole new um, matter that we had to deal with. In this case, the dust storm, the sand was actually uh, getting in everyone's eyes and skin and mouth. Um, but, uh, you know, we. I'm glad we... Um, went ahead with it because uh, I think in this moment it really helps this um, that's pure sand no no uh, effects no wind machines no wind machine yeah it's a good moment here But it's it was a, a big scene, and uh, you know, at other moments we uh, well, I'll point it out later. Um, the sound, uh, Richard Wilson was just fantastic. I, I'll never forget his audition uh, tape he sent was um, a bit like this scene, actually. Um, he did it alone in a hotel room. Um, and uh, it, the sound really is what makes it, um, it at the time also, it, it really helped everyone in terms of how they were responding, um, his screams and it's interesting with this this uh, scene. It always gets uh, talked about as as being uh, incredibly violent and graphic. Mm. And uh, um, I mean, the violence certainly comes through, but it actually isn't graphic at all. Um, the amount of what you're actually seeing is is pretty much off yeah. screen. It's um, it's more um, montage and sound that uh, yeah. makes it so arresting. The fact that you cut out at that point into such a radically different atmosphere. And this um, this song, Peggy Gordon, actually was... Um, I hadn't actually heard this song when I stuck it in the script. Um, I just remembered it as being a... Um, I, knew, I knew that it was a, a very sad Irish folk song. And uh, I was out with Shane McGowan one night and um, I got him to sing it to me and... Uh, he sang this most tear, you know, heart-breaking rendition of it and before he sort of fell into his salad um, at dinner one night and uh, uh, it's just a, a beautiful song over this scene. Yeah, and it's a great counterpoint. Um, and I think... Uh, I mean, this was all filmed 
we were rained out. We had to come back to this moment. Um, these are our uh, town people from Winton um, that have, you know, are still living the life out there. Um, I'll never forget this moment when I was with Second Unit and noticed all the flies on the back backs of people. Um, so we, um, again, that's a moment that's uh, sort often of talked about. Yeah, well, visually, it says so much about the town and the uh, and what's happening at this point. Um, and uh, one of Danny's most finest moments, I think, is here. It was interesting too when we were always going to get a uh, a young boy to sing that song. Um, oh, forget it. Oh, it's too fucking. No, <laughs> I was just going to say the uh, squeezing out of the blood of the whip was, and the fact that we're number thirty-eight is again sort of. Uh, uh, actually off-screen violence, saying what yeah. it, it, it's in your head what's just been going on. That was the one graphic moment, I have to say, just back there. But yeah, yeah, to show something. <laughs> Got to break a few eggs yeah. to make an omelette. <laughs> um. Your days are over, Captain Stanley. Uh, well, that's all sets, of course. Um, Winton itself is very different. Um, and this is uh, decided to just keep... That's Chris Kennedy, the production designer, who accidentally got in the shot there. Um, but uh, just decided to keep filming uh, because... Um, you never know with it, this sort of thing, and of course, it—I think it fits really well. It just added um, a great uh, feeling of washing away the sins of the community. So we try to utilize the weather as best we can, make it work for us. And the lightning storms, I mean, that's just nothing compared to what was happening, uh, especially at night. It, it was uh, unbelievable. Um, in fact, I mean, even the sunsets and uh, a lot of the uh, natural uh, elements were uh, never fully captured on film. There was that unbelievable um, we tried and this is uh, what um, do, uh, some research we discovered that uh, a lot of these homesteads did have these fortified pre-existing fortified setups um,
so that one minute they could just uh, turn their house into a fortress. Another uh, lovely, intimate moment. Heavily truncated. Well, yeah, the... Uh, there was, was a, I mean, there was a, a lot, wasn't there? There yeah. was a lot of beautiful stuff between Ray and Emily. Um, and the struggle was getting the balance with yes. the brothers, really. Yeah. Um, that sadly had to go. Yeah. Uh, but is uh, hopefully on the... Um, Extras, uh, there was a magical moment that uh, happened um, that uh, we had to lose. It was the classic uh, thing of having to kill your babies. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, that it, it was so good that it, it threw the balance out. Um, that uh, your... Uh, you got more and more wrapped up in Martha and Stanley and we had to um, cut a bit of them out to restore that balance with the uh, brothers. Yeah. Here they are pissing against a tree. Which, uh, yeah, is like filmmaking, really. Um, pissing against the wind against a lone tree. Um, the <laughs> Aboriginal... Um, Oops. It's more the like average. you're the tree, actually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Filmmaking. Being, you're being, being pissed, pissed on, on by a, 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 lot. A, lot of different, a whole lot of people. Now, um, Aboriginal trackers actually um, could see uh, things in the land that uh, uh, the um, particularly people... trackers. Well, <laughs> particularly people like Sergeant Lawrence yeah. had no hope of ever uh, seeing... Um, Burke and Wills, in fact, is a, a classic sort of um, part of Australian history of where the explorers died surrounded by food and water because um, they didn't know the land. Um, yeah, this this uh, scene was very special because um, uh, working with dogs and animals is incredibly difficult, uh, even if they are specially trained. But Danny... Uh, formed a fantastic little relationship with this dog and um, as you can see he uh, we deliberately kept a calm and quiet on set throughout this so that the we could get that relationship with his dog um, Here's another example of uh, violence not shown. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, off screen. Our film isn't violent. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, very tricky situation here with uh, just the uh, who could lie next to who, who um, the family tribal politics and we have a bit of the empire coming in with uh, rural Britannia which was copyright free thank god had to find a song 
And some very uh, cool music going on as well underneath. Oh. Just absolutely, it's one of my it's my, yeah. it's my favorite bit. And uh, if you look closely at that scene, um, Robert Morgan, as um, who plays Sergeant Lawrence, has little tears in his eyes. He's so moved. One of, one of the characters that uh, Arthur Burns for me was based on <clears throat> when I was uh, writing that character was uh, Rasputin, the Mad Monk, and uh, that very much that scene back there where he was looking into the darkness seems to sum that up very well. John, I, I remember this well. The uh, coming up uh, was one of the hottest. Um, days where the th uh, thermostat actually exploded, literally. Um, these were clay pans, so they, um, the heat was like reflecting upwards, roasting everyone. Um, but uh, they were fantastic horse riders, I have to say, Danny and uh, Tommy Lewis. Uh, sea of Bottles. Another little detail. Hey, Jacko, you lazy bugger. I told you to bury that bastard last night. <laughs> it sticks worse than you. Jacko! You got the wrong we had to, uh, I remember we shot this all handheld. We had very little time to shoot this entire scene. Um, but it worked for the, the energy of the scene. Um, you know, we were out in the elements and the whole thing was seven and a half weeks, so it was very tight at times. Seven to the shade. Sergeant, to the back. One of my favorite lines before with uh, Tommy Lewis. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to Danny about this uh, scene at length. Uh, and it's really the switch of after uh, he flies into a rage. Um, originally, he was meant to, um, on this kicking bit, just say the, the lines once, but we uh, just kept rolling and he did it over and over. Um, so in the edit, we decided to uh, keep it going. Oh, the sounds a bit nasty. And here um, was Danny thinking of the best sex he's ever had. Is that right? Yeah. That's what that look is. It was. Uh, oh, and the, that that was a great moment too, with the where um, the black on black violence uh, that Tommy Lewis was uh, adamant about, including. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Um, because actually, the black tracker, uh, from his point of view, the black tracker would be the ultimate enemy, over and above anyone else. 
Another lovely shot of Emily's back. Yeah, I mean, this was something that... Uh, I mean, I think a, a kind of pace thing was going on here. The, the idea that uh, the action starts to accelerate faster and faster, yet the pace of the film actually slows down in, in the, and that there are long, quite long internal meditative uh, scenes that were kind of uh, breaking up the, the yeah. um, escalating violence. But then they end, end up uh, working more as slow burn tension, which yeah, is even yeah. worse than uh, exciting, you know, moments yeah, of yeah. acceleration. Um, this is uh, one of my favourite scenes in the film um, and something that uh, very simple about it and Emily was... So spot on. So was Ray in this scene. But um, there was a bit of a resistance on uh, not showing the face. But um, once once it was cut together, um, it was clear. Yeah, there's no question. This is the moment that I guess that it's really brought home that the the real uh, the real devastation within their relationship is the fact that they don't have children mm. uh, and the telling of this dream. Um, Which mixes in the horror of the past and the uh, and the future of what is about to happen. Yeah. And the vulnerability of Emily at this moment, I'm very fond of. And Ray, this is Ray's most vulnerable scene as well. So it's a nice contrast to um, these um, grubby men fighting it out. This is uh, John's first <coughs> on-camera moment we always uh, like to shoot in sequence but never get to oh rarely well you always try but uh, it was physically very stre strenuous uh, for John and obviously for uh, Guy because they both really threw themselves in into it physically yeah, I wanted to make the violence very real, um, abrupt and messy and quick. And um, yet um, it's all about how the aftermath, really, how these wounds can take centuries to heal. Um, you know, our frontiers as nations are built on carnage, really. Sit down. This log. Nice line. If I may say so myself. Yeah, the, uh, I remember um, at Cork Film Festival, uh, the Irish um, absolutely loved the film and uh, we were asking him about John Hurt's racist slurs and um, they said, oh, it's fine because he's an honorary... Irishman. Um, yeah. 
but they uh, they've lived the history in that country. So I think they appreciated that. This is again. I think this is my one of my favourite moments with uh, John uh, and Danny. They sort of uh, the way they work off each other in this, and the pathos that uh, uh, is coming up. Actually, it's really in the look. Once Danny says his line. thinking that he's made some profound connection with someone. Yeah. I remember the medic actually on set uh, said to me that uh, the sounds John was making uh, were absolutely um, uh, spot on in terms of uh, people in these sort of situations. The death rattle sound, he said, is... <laughs> He'd it. been around a lot of people who'd been stabbed in the chest with a machete, obviously. <laughs> well, he's an Australian medic, right? In the outback, a lot Shit, of yeah. casualties, yeah, of terrible accidents. <laughs> Accidental gunshot wounds and stabbings. Of course, they don't keep calendars, so... Uh, the day of Christmas is, um... Yes, it's nice that no one knows where, yeah. where, where, when Christmas is, apart from them, of course, and, uh, you know, they're looking forward to a nice English Christmas, which in Australia we still celebrate. Yep. With the... Snow with the, uh, and snow, fake snow. snow on the window sills and the, you know, roast... Lamb. Yep. At the hottest Lunches. time of always at the hottest time of year. Ticking clock. Well <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wanna highlight time at this point of the movie. Everything converging. Ralph Cottrell, a great Aussie Australian uh, actor. Character actor. A face that speaks volumes. Here's a good scene, which, <laughs> which is probably good not to talk all over. 
but I, but I will anyway. The uh, I'm particularly I, I particularly like this scene, um, the dialogue in this. Yeah. I have to say I, I was um, really pleased when I was tapping this tapping away at this. And I was really pleased that uh, we were able to capture it. it in such yeah. short time and keep it and in keep the film. And keep it in the film because it was, because pretty much nobody wanted it in the film, did they? That's right. Uh, it was went through periods of uh, uh, being uh, in grave danger. Good music here. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and this is very nice. It took me quite a while to work out. She was looking at, uh, at a catalogue with, with children's, pictures of children's clothing for some reason. Um, well, again, it's actually a big screen thing because yeah. as soon as, when it's on the, the big screen, you can see that sort of detail. And unfortunately, DVD. That's a nice uh, musical over. edit there. Um, um, people need to go to the cinema and have the big screen e experience that's more. That's right. Despite the market being dominated by DVD. Um, one of my favourite moments coming up. <laughs> Another? Oh, I've got a lot of favourite moments. No, uh, this... No, it's just... Again, these things that uh, come out on a shoot that uh, you always hope for. Um, and Rodney, who is playing to Toby, uh, came up with this himself. He was just explaining, actually, if he was leaving, the very first thing he would do um, as a domestic servant from this time is take his shoes off and his socks um, because... Um, for Aboriginals, you know, the contact with the land uh, is is very important, and their feet were uh, like leather underneath anyway. And if they go walk about, that's the last thing they do is wear leather uh, shoes, which are kind of a symbol of entrapment of the West. I tried to create an environment of trust amongst the cast so that they uh, can feel feel uh, fearless, really, and throw up ideas um, without holding back. I might uh, fuck off and have a fag. <laughs> can you keep this uh, going for a bit? I'll be back in a second. Uh, I've seen a, a big to have anything intelligent to say whatsoever. But there is a, a great, music there's a great cue bit of music coming up. There's a fucking cool piece of music coming up. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle you, you on. Fill them in. All right, I'll try. Oops, spilt my drink. Um, well, it's. I deliberately uh, kept this scene. Uh, I tried to keep it slow and hot and lethargic. So we have the uh, contrast happening now. Um, this stage we had very, very little time to shoot. And again, uh, but 
handheld. Uh, consciously, uh, Benoit and I worked out certain scenes would be best suited for handheld and as opposed to others. I think the dog's fucking down. Come Bob, you fucking yellow dog. Come on, Arthur! I'll see you at the good captains. We'll say the best to last. This is what often happens with um, people on the brink of death um, having a, a hysterical last burst. Poor old Mikey. We're unable to uh, shoot those reverses, in case you were wondering. But uh, hopefully we got away with that. Uh, ran out of time and money. Um, this is uh, on day one. Um, shot at Skull Hole. Um, very eerie place. Um, we were wondering initially when we were looking at these locations where um, uh, the local Aboriginal community was and uh, discovered um, Skull Hole, which was um, where the original tribe had been massacred. Um, and uh, so it was a very sensitive location, as were many of these locations, and um, the whole cast and crew had to, um, out of respect, go through the uh, ritual of protecting the place and protecting ourselves and the people involved. Um, Pearl, the uh, indigenous advisor on the film, made sure that everyone did it. Uh, dusting down, we all had to cover ourselves in dust and um, the ones that got close to the water had to uh, be smoked as a um, pr protection. And that was uh, day one of the shoot, which was a, a great way of entering this world. Um, Yes, and uh, the location, originally we were looking at a location that was sand, uh, sand, red sand hills, and um, the burial of Mikey was going to um, be um, in there, but we ended up in this creek, and uh, you can't dig, dig into that earth, and then discovered um, there were rocks everywhere, so decided to bury Mikey by covering them with rocks instead, which I think, again, is better than had it been sand. Um, and then found out consequently that uh, it was an Irish tradition to um, bury people in this way. Poor old Charlie. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very strange actually going those sand dunes we we uh, were actually in pre-production a week before the shoot and uh, never made it because uh, there was a near fatal car accident with uh, myself my assistant and production designer and art director and um, rode off the car rolled it three times at 110k 
Uh, they thought I'd broken my neck and um, flown us, um, me and the art director, to a mining camp, um, mining town, sorry, hospital. And then uh, 24 hours, I greeted the entire uh, cast on a chartered plane coming into Winton with a neck brace and black eyes and gash across my head. Um, very treacherous conditions out there. That lots of uh, food would go off so quickly, so we and I only had uh, so many takes, so we had um, there were three three turkeys. Is that right? <laughs> it's very stressful. For what we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly thankful. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That was one of Emily's ideas, that line. Yeah, it's nice. What we are about to receive, and here it comes. Oh, wow. Uh, well, so really, um, we've thought actually not to have a flashback to the Hopkins outrage because actually what goes on here is the flashback in a sense um, but once again it, we, we thought it would be effective to have the actual violence uh, off screen and the attention put on on what was going on in the uh, in this room here rather than what was going on between captain stanley and arthur um you know, which obviously adds to the tension of it, and um, and this yeah, seems to work really well. Yeah, we had to be careful with that little moment that the um, fault didn't go into Emily's eye. Yeah, Tom really threw himself into this. <laughs> What does that say? At one point, there was a, a lot of noise coming coming uh, out of that yeah. room, and it was decided uh, to keep it quiet, pretty much, right? Yeah, less is more. It just sounded too... <coughs> oh, oh. bless you. Sorry. Too obvious. Yeah. Oh, well, it killed the tension in a weird yeah. way.
Mom, you're beautiful. Never seen anything so beautiful. That's us. <laughs> something similar obviously happened at the Hopkins Ranch like this. Um, this is very uh, traumatic for uh, Emily and uh, Tom knowing how far to go. So we decided we needed to cut outside away. Yeah, it was, uh, most of this scene was shot in, uh, just a couple of takes. Um, and, um, of course, uh, effects shots are very time consuming. Um, you can never show a gun firing and aimed at someone's head within the same shot. So we had to, uh, this shot that's coming up, it, actually there, there was no flame coming out of that barrel and we had to do that as an effects shot because uh, it's just too dangerous these days with blanks uh, that have been known to, well, they have killed people. Um, so one has to be very, very careful. It's very time consuming and yet you've got to get the performance in those moments, especially given it's a climax. Um, And, you know, we rehearsed the scene and uh, stripped it down a bit and kept, tried to keep it quite, um, uh, at least those shooting moments quite quick and um, like all the violence being a bit messy. Uh, no slow motion, very important. Had a thousand different versions of that final line. Yeah. Uh, and returned to the original. Um, Funny how that God. happens. <laughs> yeah. Now we tried different music for this, didn't we? Uh, yeah, various yeah. different things. Um, but we, I guess we wanted something that was unassuming and simple at the end, um, rather yeah. than a, and a rather than a big theme type thing. Yeah. Um, 
Again, I remember the uh, with the light doing these scenes. It was uh, just rushed out, left the main crew, and just put the camera down, and because uh, we knew we had to catch this light, and just did one or two takes, or maybe three. And the film ends with a simple and affecting uh, pop song, which brings in all the different strands of the, a lot of the different strands of the, um, the score. And here it comes. Any minute now. So what we, what we have here, John, is really a... Uh, Futility we, of violence. We've made a, a story that's very different than, than uh, the American Western. I think that that's what you set out to do. And, uh, and um, the difference being? Well, the difference being that, that uh, I think America sees its heroes and its history very much in terms in black and white. Uh, there's, there's the good guys and the bad guys. Um, and I think we've made a Western where those lines are uh, completely blurred, um, where where characters uh, uh, live in, 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 in an environment where um, moral, morality is a kind of luxury that um, no one can uh, afford. Um, and I think that's we, the way we, way we yeah. see our history, right? Yeah, because we, we view it, uh, we actually celebrate failure, really, when you think of all the big events and holidays in Australia. The bigger historical events. Yeah, well, that's true. Like Ned Kelly, Anzac Day. Um, Ned Kelly Bur Day. <laughs> Bur yeah. Burke and Wills, the um, famous explorers. They're all massive failures uh, and ineptitude. Here's to failure. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, fuck yeah. <laughs> Said the planets had started to weep. Yes, said the rider and laid down his gun. Come to him. 
too deep, he will wash your tears away.